0: hello and welcome to rhythm and pixels a video game music podcast episode 20-2 that is podcast world episode podcast world (laughs) (laughs) welcome to a show Um, that we do sometimes i'm still i'm still trying to Get my my brain back, but no, it it's down
1: from Captain Power.
0: Captain Power. It's um, Cap, it's Captain World. It's Ep- podcast World twenty episode two. Uh, we are very close, very very close to our fourth podcast anniversary. It's and so wild, isn't it? Concurrently, which we'll make it concurrently, or probably close to it, our two hundredth episode.
1: Two hundred episodes. Things I never thought we'd like, well, be talking about.
0: Two hundred core episodes because we've had. Way more than 200 uploads because I've got, I'm not counting bonus beats and all the other little extra interviews every once in a while, which we've got a lot of that coming up And then in the mixtapes. Yeah. So, anyway, we're your hosts. My name is Rob Nichols, and I'm Pernell. Every week, we hang out and listen to great video game music from all consoles and all generations. We pick a silly topic, usually, and we find the best tracks to fit that topic. Usually.
1: Subjective. Subjectively. <laughs> we try. Yeah. But, you know, things happen.
0: And I'm going to get Purnell's mic closer to his mouth face. There you go. Ah, um, I just ate. And once a month, um, usually at the last week of every month, we do a live recorded episode for our Patreon members. It's a live streamed episode. It's just, so you're listening to the episode now recorded. All the mistakes, but you they could, ain't going nowhere. But you could have been there hanging out with us while we're watching, you know, commercials from the 1980s about toys and cartoons and being talking about just being ridiculous our childhoods that we did stupid things.
1: And the amazing part, and I said this to another friend about this concept earlier, <clears throat> actually, yeah. this week is that we're like, even if this weren't a Patreon thing and that chat wasn't running and the camera wasn't running. We'd be doing this anyway. (laughs) This is literally how we are. (laughs) This is what we do. (laughs) On a typical hangout. If we're at this computer, we'll just start getting nostalgic and stupid and out of nowhere. Well, then, remember Captain... Bring it up on the real screen, (laughs) Pretty much.
0: Because if we're in the other room, we're usually eating and playing board games. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) That's what we do. Um, Yeah, so that means... uh, We should probably uh, also start by saying that um, all of this month... I think this comes out in October or the beginning of October. All of October most of October and almost all of November we have guests we have musical guests we have friends we weird have, s- surprising and crossover and guests. we have big events coming up our 200th episode we're going to do something special um, we're probably going to have a lot of um, extra live streams not a lot but we're gonna have extra live streams for everybody not there just might be for pudding Patreon, but we'll have something special for there Patreon might be well. pudding I'm, I'm going to get a cake there might be hot ice cream I'm going to get a cake with your face on it <laughs> And then we're going to eat your face. That's disgusting. <laughs> That's going to be awesome.
1: And mercy. I actually just heard of a game recently where that just ties in and that that ruins me. Um, and then um, we were talking with a bunch of other friends of ours, um, Ed
0: from the VG Embassy and Cameron Worma from, I guess he's a, an agent. Let's call him an a-, a podcasting agent. A podcasting agent. Because he's in the thick of it. He's a talent agent. and, um, and no, He's all, an agent of talent. And also Cameron Childs. Um, Bruce Irons from the uh, Mad Gear—they're all coming to Magfest in January. A uh, great music and gaming festival, and which means I'm gonna have to, to go and be social.
1: And I'm gonna have to go Do and dodge my Pokemon responsibility.
0: Yeah, dodge all your responsibilities <laughs> except for except for this one, because we might be doing a show at at the at the show.
1: Here's the hoping—I oh, really hope they give us that slot. That'd be
0: great. So Magfest 2020, um, be there. Or and, be
1: there, and that's it for the because show. That's the only option you got.
0: <laughs> no, um, so this show, today's show, and, and like most um, live-streamed episodes, we play music chosen from our listeners, mainly chosen from our Patreon subscribers.
1: Though I had an interesting thing I wanted to do before this episode started, just yeah. because I think it would be funny, and it's also true to life. So it's been a weird week for me. Even some might even say a weird month. And started thinking down the lines like maybe I should look into being. A person who doesn't buy a lot of games or tries to. I don't think that's a bad thing. Because I'm weird in that sense. A lot of my game purchases don't come from the sense of what people typically expect when they say, I want this new game to play. That sounds cool. Mine is purely for the dopamine Mm. and also for fun games. I'm not buying junk. Um, But that's a large part of why I buy my games. I like that feeling of getting something cool and new. And I accept it. So I was like, you know, maybe next month I'll try. Maybe for of October, I won't buy any games. And a couple people, including listener Dan L and David T, and even listener TF, have been on my, have my back for it. And, of course, Rob has always had my back on that topic. Um, but as a funny thing, of course, the people typically will say is, well, one way to not buy new games is to play the ones you've got. Play the games you already have. Hmm. Of course, that doesn't quell the dopamine you want. But it does make perfect sense. And I thought it'd be pretty funny, before starting the show, okay. to read off a list of games I wrote down over the course of like 20 minutes before coming here. These are all games I've started on the PS4, but have not completed. Solely started. Okay. This doesn't include games I never opened or told myself I would get all around
0: right. to. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. That's not
1: going to happen. <laughs> but let's see how far I can get. Starting... Now, go. Borderlands 3, Trails of Cold Steel 1, Trails of Cold Steel 2, Dragon Quest Builders, Gravity Goes, Spiral the Dragon Trilogy, Crystar, Death End, Hoggy 2, Y2K, World of Final Fantasy, Sonic Mania, Dragon Star of Varnier, <laughs> Monster Hunter Ice Page, Super Neptunia RPG, Rage 2, Steel Wretch, Shakedown Hawaii, Steam World Heist, Resident Evil 2, Kingdom Hearts 3, Raiden 5, Robbie Reby, Demon Gaze 2, Sundered, Dragon right. Quest 11, Caladrius Blaze, Metal Max Zeno. Who- Bo, Rainbow Moon, Super Dell Deluxe, Tokyo Zandu EX Plus, and Children time. of Zodiacs, Chant dud Returns, Cosmic Star Heroine, Exist Archon, <laughs> Hugh, Dark Souls 3, Super Robot Wars Kill? OG, Grand Kingdom, Star Ocean, God Home, Dragon Quest Heroes, World Trees White Blight and White Below, whatever, stupid name. Poncho! Chronicles of Teddy, Dying Light, Digimon Cyber Sleuth. Gianna Sisters, Assault Android Cactus, Velocity 2X, Citizens of Earth, The Sky of Five, Life is Strange, Escape Goat 2, Transistor, no. Outlast 2, and Rogue Galaxy. I, 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 I,
0: even I, myself, one who does not play many games, have finished, uh, finished a few of those. Like great, I know you asked
1: why I figured you'd get a grant, chuckle out of granted,
0: it. Granted, Escape Goat 2 took me a long time to finish. A I, game. Because it was hard. Yes, it is. But it's not long. Hugh, you
1: never finished Hugh. I'm near the end of Hugh, but I still included on the list yeah, because that, it that, still is un- incomplete. Yeah, it's
0: it's 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 good. Um, and I've seen you play Robbie Rebe a ton, but that's that's tough.
1: You, yeah, and that's why because I put it on. You know, the typical.
0: Seventy-five percent of these games are on a difficulty that you can't finish.
1: No, 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 no! It's just a difficulty that, that you can't might finish. Take time. No. Robbie Reeby
0: is different. That You don't have the skill to complete.
1: Hey, you, you watch your <laughs> mouth.
0: Nah, so, Robbie Reeby
1: is the where like, I'm th- I think I'm at a boss that I shouldn't have gone to yet.
0: Yeah, because I, 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 I remember I was trying it, remember? And yeah. You're like, here, Rob, why don't you give it a shot? And I'm like, why does your X button feel all broken? And you're like,
1: <laughs> I love how Phantom just said, is that all just on PS4? Yes, it is. That does not include the Switch, the, the Xbox One, so, the 3DS, the
0: those, Vita, the D. Get those dopamine hits. By completing these titles.
1: And I think that's going to be part of the interesting component here. You can here. do it, man. So, because of course.
2: It's
0: these games are satisfying from start to finish. I agree. I don't know if you're going to have that satisfaction
1: coming back into it. I think that's part of the enjoyment of the element of the interest, too, is going into these games and being like, okay, let's get back to business. Are you? Do you feel compelled to keep going? Or are you going to find yourself going, meh, I'm done, moving on? Yeah. And I will say doing the review sometimes also affects that too because you'll be doing a review for something that means it's a brand new entry of something like i can try something new see how it is see how it goes but like i said i think this is going to be an interesting little adventure and i'm starting out with october to see how it goes and also for the record for those who listen to that entire list get read off now you know the origin of the game of the month <laughs> why we have a game of the month because it's not so much about me buying a new game to play it's let's play a game on my list because <laughs> i've got a lot
0: play a game on his list and also to encourage me to actually play something other than dance dance revolution and final fantasy X. anyway <laughs> davy cake not gonna says, change not gonna I change
1: feel, i feel personally attacked i ought it have started so many of those yeah
0: there's it's- just too many games too many games too many games, literally. All right, I'm gonna start our show with a track from Electric Boogaloo, which I know you're gonna love this one. Oh! And I never heard about this soundtrack, and apparently it's different in America. It's for the game Cyber Speedway from the game. It's from the game Cyber Speedway for the Sega Saturn. Oh, okay. And the um, uh, it's composed and, or performed by the Bygone Dogs, which is uh, composed of Joel Alvarez, Tim Allen and Brad Kaiser. Wait a minute. Tim Allen. Yeah, Tim Allen. No, no. The Santa Claus. (laughs) The the, the very same. (laughs) The old dogs. No, no, this is the bygone dogs. Wow, that's too close. Yeah, so Joel Alvarez, Tim Allen, and Brad Kaiser. And this is a track called Tabitha. And um, actually, I think I have a lot of vocal tracks for this episode. So I hope you enjoy it. This is from Cyber Speedway for the Sega Saturn. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Way, I want what she would like. Oh, Tabitha, you're driving me insane. I'm gonna make you again and again and again. Hey yeah here's yeah. the look of the night. Your mind is there because she's passing by. But catch her eye. Oh, Tabitha, you're driving me wild. Whoa! Look that way i to i be insane insane
0: That was Tabitha from the game Cyber Speedway for the Sega Saturn, and that was performed and composed by the bygone dogs, Joel Alvarez, Tim Allen, and Brad Kaiser, and Electric Boogaloo picked this track, and he would like to say, I like like to say that, he would like to say, um, this track specifically comes from the US version of Cyber Speedway, which has a mostly unique soundtrack compared to the PAL and Japanese versions, Um, PAL being the European versions. As my friend. <laughs> or just your your good friend, your pal. Um, it is performed the it is performed the only is performed by the only signed band to the short lived Sega music group, the Bygone Dogs, led by late Joel Alvarez. Oh. Yeah. Um, according to music producer Spencer Nielsen of Echo and Sega Sonic CD fame Sonic City fame. Wow. Uh, they had planned to release a full album simultaneous to the game's release, but was canceled when sales of the game were not met to expectations. The band broke up shortly thereafter and Sega Music Group eventually folded. Since Alvarez passed away a few years ago, I got, figured I'd keep his memory alive by sharing this fantastic Cars-inspired track. And the lead singer of Cars recently passed away. Oh my God. Um, so, but yeah, this is really good. Like, like I was not looking at the game I wasn't expecting this music, because well, the game is a very futuristic, looks like Wipeout, but came out just a few months before Wipeout.
1: Well, maybe ask why, too. I mean, like, one thing I can definitely say is I feel like when the CD era was, like, really ushering in that sense of, like, CD audio, people were just doing whatever the heck they wanted. Like, to go back to my one of my favorite consoles, the Turbo slash turbo Duo, mm-hmm most of the a lot of games if not most of them had like rock and metal OSTs oh yeah a lot of times the games had no business even having a rock OST but I guess they figured this is the best way to showcase Redbook audio on this console well, it's so is d- to put like rock and instrument. exactly it's play. so different
0: you're so used to hearing um, like the uh, the sound chips doing their thing or your sampled audio sequenced like on the Super Nintendo but to hear like live instrumentation at this time was incredible Yes, um, I was listening to the VG Embassy while I was traveling, the, l- the latest episode, and he played music from, I think it was on the Sega Saturn, it was a Spider-Man game. Spider-Man vs. Yes. the Kingpin. Yeah, that was the track. I but, got geeked for that. Yeah, and I was surprised that he explained that it had a bunch of music on the disc, and he would just play them randomly on any stage.
1: The thing is, there were, there were games, I don't truly remember too many of them, because they were usually the ones that I Honestly, I kind of annoyed me when games did that. But yeah, there were definitely some games where they would just have a roster of tracks that would just play willy-nilly. Also, back then, there was a habit where certain games would have the track where, you know, in typical game audio, the track would loop. Like, when you do tracks on the show, you set them to loop. But they would, on the, on those style games, they would have the track, it would play, then it would stop, and then right. it would reload the track, and then it would go again from the beginning. So it was like, it had this weird, like, moment of silence <laughs> where nothing was happening. Well,
0: Red Book Audio is, is a format where it would read, the, it would spin the disc, find it, read it into memory, and then play it. And then when it was done, it couldn't just go back. It had to oh, read, to it, read again. it again. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that, I think that's why they, and it was, also had to do with the the compression type uh, used on it. But that's that's why it was called what it was. Mm-hmm. There's, there's different books um, depending on the different um, uh, uh, methods and technology that they used at the time. I think Sony created it. I could be wrong. There's a good, there's a great Retronauts episode all about game music and mm-hmm. Red Book audio, and um, I suggest checking it out because I remember when there was a game on the PlayStation. PlayStation One called Soul something? Soul Reaver?
1: Yeah, that was a game on ps kinda,
0: 1. It's kinda green, right? On the cover. Yeah. Was it it was the sequel to Legacy of Kane? Yeah, Soul Reaver, Legacy of Kane. That then it would load the music off, off the disc and play it even when the game was loading other parts of the stage. And I thought that blew my mind because I was so used to hearing the music and the sound just drop out of a game before you got like onto the next part of 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 like another stage or another world because it was loading up everything, but it would load it all into memory and keep playing it while it was loading up everything else. It was just fascinating to me that no one else did that. Honestly, I... Like, I, even uh, Symphony of the Night had, like, the special rooms.
1: Yeah, and it would just stop. That was honestly always a very intelligent way to hide low tones. It was
0: cool because it felt like, oh, it's quiet and, like, kind of ominous.
1: Um. I didn't even think about it like that. I was just like, I like the fact that I felt like I was doing something while the game was doing its behind-the-scenes trickery. <laughs> It's, it was a very smart way, just mm-hmm. like how Resident Evil did the doors. Though it wasn't as cool with the doors because you knew it was loading and you weren't doing anything. You were watching <sighs> a door open up. But it's still, for the sake of that game, built that sense of suspense mm-hmm. where are like, what's behind the door? It could be anything, even one of those Lickers or Haunters or... You no, know, Haunters. Hunters.
0: Hunters yeah. or you know, hunters,
1: hunters. So we have... I, I asked um, on
0: Facebook, the Facebook group VGM Podcast Fans. Um, I put out the question or I, I, I put out the... Request for questions for you and I. Okay, and you know, we got a bunch. Really? What do you want to you want to answer some questions in between some tracks?
1: All right, let's do one now. Yeah, we'll man. do one
0: now. Okay. Um, here we go. This one's complicated. We'll th- figure that one out later. So this shows that one. Here we go. Um, Alex the messenger, messenger, <laughs> says, "What is Pernell's secret to being a wonderful human being?" And Rob is pretty okay too.
1: Did he seriously say that? Yes. That was really nice of him. Yeah. Honestly, I don't even know. I couldn't answer that. I I just personally I'm me as you know what? I've had this discussion. Not so much about not, <laughs> not, not cool? from not from a self-serving perspective, just the general like why are you the way you are? And the best answer I've ever had was um growing up as a child going into high school and all that, I got mm-hmm. picked on a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot. That was a period when I was fat, I got picked on. There was a period when I was thin, I got picked on period when I was too tall got picked on the period where I wouldn't hit girls got picked on the period where I still don't hit girls but there's a period when I would pretty much I like to keep to myself so I got picked on playing video games got picked on you name it I got picked on for it and I've come to notice over the years that with people that dealt with that sort of stuff growing up they can go one or two directions there's there's other (laughs) ones but there's generally there's just two like the solid ones there's obviously variations um You could become what you hated, which is you let it all make you really angry and Mm -hmm. frustrated. And then when you get to a position where you can become the tormentor, you revel in it. And you treat people like hot buttered garbage because why not? They did it to me. That's why I can do it too. And even though it's a little bit, actually, it's a lot not as harsh. I still think of it in that same way when people say, like, why are video games becoming more accepted now? I got bullied for them. Why are they allowed to get a pass? Why are they cool now? And I think that falls on that side of that scope, just not as harshly. Mm -hmm. Then there's the other half, which says, I hated being treated like trash for no reason but being who I am. And as a result, I'm going to do whatever I can to not be that kind of person to others. I want to be nice to people because the world needs more like that and less like people that create sad, depressed, or angry people Hmm. by bullying them.
0: You don't want other people to feel the way you did. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. I agree.
1: And I think that's partly why to go back to the video game analogy thing is why, like, when people say, why are games so accepted? You know, this is dumb. Like, you know the statement people say, girls, girls don't play video games. You know, people say, people always say. Growing up, it was a thing because back then it was much less common because games were very much labeled a nerdy, dorky thing you did. It was kind of hampered on, and also I think it was just maybe tech-related crap, whatever. No, marketing. In marketing, oh, marketing
0: for sure has not changed a whole lot. It really has, sadly.
1: But depressingly, for whatever reason, whatever reason being, I don't even care. But for whatever reason. It's become much more accepting now. There are women that play games. There are mm-hmm. girls that play games. I think a lot of it may stem from their parents playing games growing up. But they have a daughter. It's like I want my daughter to like what I like. I mm-hmm. want to bring her into it.
0: Uh, 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 women uh, developing their own games. Yes, with other you know, with a broader, <laughs> with a broader audience in mind. We need more. We need more diversity in the industry. Yeah. Yes.
1: So people will take that and go. And they'll get upset about it like, what the heck is this crap? When I was a kid, I got picked on for it. But then the response should really be, I'm really glad it's not like that anymore. Yeah. Now right? it's open season. Everyone can play. I mean, you know firsthand. I don't even like mobile games like that. I'm not a big fan of them. When a game I like is ported to mobile as the new sequel goes straight to mobile instead of a console, I'm the guy that's like, oh, no. But with that said, I will never go around and do that thing where people say, oh, you a mobile game? <laughs> you're a mobile only no yeah. you like games have fun with them because that's what it's all about what it's all about um I probably went off tangent a bit on the question
0: but no I, I think, think I, I was kind of like hoping you would go in that direction anyway <laughs> like you I think we were going to go off on that because I felt like that was a good, a good thing to ask and um I, I'm okay too thanks, <laughs> thanks Alex
2: thumbs up thumbs
0: up I'm trying my best that's all we can do <laughs>
2: Because no
0: one is ever going to be perfect. That's for darn sure. Yeah. All right. Um, Pernal, what did you pick for your first one?
1: All right. Let's see what I got on the old Helter Skelter bug. As usual, out of our whole list of tracks, you were like, I want all of them. <laughs> Give me every song. Well, I'm going to go with this first one because it goes to my nostalgia box. And mm-hmm. was, I was happy to see it get chosen. Cool. This comes from listener That Nick Walker. And the track title is... Fennec City, or Phoenix City, however you want to pronounce it. The game didn't have dialogues, so we never heard it. Um, from the game Pokemon Coliseum for the Nintendo GameCube, composed by Tsukasa Tawada. Baydark City from the game Pokemon Coliseum for the ah, GameCube. I got to settle down. I'll tell people in a second one. From the GameCube composed submission um, composed by <laughs> Sukasa Tawada, submitted by listener that Nick Walker. That Nick Walker. And I am in stitches because we had a, there was a thought that came to mind for this day. There it, it, is. <laughs> it was true to the game, but I never took it to that level until we were just rambling about it which is that I love this track in the actual game proper because it really, it just has a nice feel to it. It, feel, it. I don't know why it sounds like this, but it sounds good in the game proper when you hear it in the town, in the first town of the game. But we were joking about that old episode of The Simpsons where Homer goes to the cursed gift shop <laughs> and how he talks, about, he talks to the guy. He's like, hey, I want to sell you this. I want to buy that Krusty doll. He's like, the Krusty doll is cursed but it comes with a free Frogger. Yeah. And it was just like, we were taking the ups and the downs of this trash really like, It really does
0: I'm looking at it, and it's really like every 15 to 20 seconds, it's going up, it's going down, it's going up, it's going down. It sounds like a lullaby, like at the beginning, like a really like chill, classical, or classic lullaby. And then like...
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, I man, get that accordion out. Bring just, them
1: horses up and go... <laughs> so don't have I, a cow.
0: So, yeah, I never really had Nintendo consoles. And the GameCube is especially like a weird... Thing to me, like I just I, looking at it, I'm like, oh, it looked like it had the uh, the controller ports of a uh, Dreamcast, Oh, the GameCube, yeah, the GameCube. That's was... what it looked like to me, like it had the, the same shape and it had four had four ports on the front, right? I've heard more than a few people, but then it had a handle. Yeah, it looked like a Happy Meal. It really did. It looked like a Happy Meal box, a purple Happy Meal from McDonald's.
1: Somebody, a friend of mine, made a comment a few weeks ago in regards to this system, which I think makes a lot of weird sense. He said that he had read somewhere that there was a person complaining about missing the days when game consoles looked like game consoles. And at first, it didn't quite click for me. Hang on. It didn't quite click for me. I was like, what are you freaking talking about? Yeah. But then it, it started to make a little bit of sense. There was a period, most likely around the PS2, mm-hmm. where developers were saying, we need to make all of our game consoles look sleek and slick and stylish. So you started getting these consoles that were like just solid bricks of black right. and smooth surfaces and the buttons weren't buttons they were these things where you kind of rubbed your finger across yeah. it and they would just activate um but then he made a comment and said, I think the GameCube was the last home game console I can think of that felt and looked like a game console I think
0: I think I think it means game that game consoles looked like toys
1: yes but that's exactly it yeah. looked like toys like yeah. Game like you said the GameCube had a freaking hand it to your friend's house and just lay it down and drop four <laughs> controllers in it. This music um, is cracking me. It's so good. <laughs> Every time it happens, yeehaw, man! <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's what it would do. It's like you, you, they all had this. Like you would look forward to seeing what the new consoles look like, and they could they can look like anything. Yeah, because they can look like just toys. Yeah, but now they're like it has to look sleek and pristine. It's got to it's gotta look okay in your living room. Yeah. You know. But no one cared back. then. was
0: of... in your living room. No one cared. Okay, let's go back further. Super Nintendo. The Atari 2600 looked like it could fit right in the living room at the time. Yeah, because those oak TVs. At the time. And you know, the controller ports were on the back because they didn't want to have like all this, you know, like stuff sticking out the front and everything like that. So, yeah. So, if you had like this big wooden TV stand and set in your wood paneled basement looking at you Ed Wilson and um (laughs) wood 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 I'm jealous I'm all I'm saying is I'm jealous and uh and like yeah that Atari 2600
1: would fit right in there honestly my living room was exactly like that girl we had the wood wood frame TV we had the wood panel walls Mm -hmm. it and I miss it I like that aesthetic those Every year, every time, every day of the year, you had fall aesthetic colors in your living room because that just made sense. <laughs> <laughs> the curtains fall. All right, we have, we have another question.
0: So the quiz question comes from Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast. Okay. And this one's a little bit of a thinker. Okay. okay. If there was an evil doppelganger version of Rhythm and Pixels, what would it be called and what would the podcast be about? So immediately, I'm thinking it's... Already a, got it. Arrhythmic Cardboard. And that's our next, that's our new, that's our new podcast where it's Evil Rob and Evil Purnell
1: talking about board games. We were, we 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 were on a similar page on a train of thought because I started thinking about it and I came up with something too. Discord and polygons. Discord and polygons. Most specifically polygons from like the low res, the PS1 and the Mm -hmm. Saturn are just coming out when everything looked blocky and meh. That pairing. Your counterpart would be named Red. Mine would be named Linrep. Right. And all the music we choose Ooh, in rep. would be music suggested by listeners, but you take it and make all the rhythm slightly off.
2: <laughs> so
1: it would be annoying. You'd basically butcher everyone's favorite songs, like what I was doing earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Not that that was entertaining. I'm talking like being near Silver Gunner level trolling. Oh my god! Where everything like this track would be like musical turns like you would set this like a five eighths or something oh like
0: i see i see i would
1: just like i would put everything off tempo and and everything weird yeah Yeah. like someone pick a track and they'd be hearing it trying to groove to what (laughs) they know is right and be like "Eh, eh, hey i didn't eh." didn't make the
0: joke here i made a joke somewhere that we were going to turn this show into like hardcore political banter but um no it's not anywhere i mean we can talk about politics i talk about personal politics all the time but um, uh,
1: that was like Ameri- Amer-
0: american politics no no i was I, I made a joke about it at some point i was like no we're going to quit doing video game music cuz we thought we played it all <laughs> <laughs> all right so um my next track um i don't know which one i'm going to pick from i think i'm going to pick this one and it's because i actually i haven't listened to it yet i've been saving it for the show um this is from the newest uh dlc or not dlc but it's like the sequel slash like the epilogue Epilogue to Celeste, called "The Farewell," and this is a track called "Stasis," composed by Lena Rain. And I knew
1: you would pick this track. Yeah, you had I, to. I know,
0: and I just I haven't listened to it yet because I want I want to hear it now. Um, and this was picked by Chris Murray. So thank you, Chris. Let's listen to the tune. Listening to Stasis from the game Celeste Farewell, which is the epilogue, the last little goodbye from the game Celeste.
1: Goodbye.
0: Um, track composed and performed by Lena Rain. And yeah, this is really what I expected. Because, this is a gem because um, what I have seen and what I know about the, the the epilogue of of Celeste is, I mean, the game the game is all about. But it's it's mostly about her, you know, dealing with her depression and her struggle, and the, and the mountain is just a metaphor for her, you know, struggling through it and overcoming it, and then ultimately befriending her own demons. And it's amazing. Is that the
1: end of the game? She becomes friends with Dark Madeline.
0: I mean, like not the very end, because you need her.
1: To he, chase you around the ruins? Did you put this on that list you just said earlier? No, this was the PS4 list.
0: The Switch list, uh, I only just I started, because and Celeste pl- is on there. As I play this on the PS4, it's a lot easier, I think, with that controller. <laughs> yeah, it gets a little dicey. Um, so in this one, she goes back to the mountain. I think it's because the grandmother, who, or her mother, who who talks to her, uh-huh. she passes. I think Aww. she, I think she's traveling, I think she's either revisiting the mountain, or she's revisiting the mountain to scatter the ashes, which I think is really cool. Mm. Um. But my problem is that I'm never going to play it. I'm Why not? Because. Bomb fancy 10. Okay, so you think of <laughs> Celeste as a perfect, perfect slope of skills mm-hmm. that you learn in difficulty to the point where at the very end of the game, even if you're not doing any of the um, like the extra stages, yes, it gets harder and harder and harder and harder, but you're getting better. You're getting better. You're getting better. You're getting better. Until okay. so the very end of the game, it is just maddening. Just kind of peaks. It just drives you insane how hard it is, but you can do it. But you can do it. Um, and then you got all the B sides, and even the B sides are like that. They get harder and harder and harder and harder and harder. So and, even they have a difficulty scale. Oh yeah, but they start like on the on the on the, on the higher on the end higher, of the higher end. end of it. So let's say you get to the very end of the game. Yes. And then you stop. And I stop. That's and what I do. But year, I never beat it. A year later. You come back to it. All of those skills that you've built up, gone. There's no no. They're still in you. You you, just have to dig them out. You have to relearn everything.
2: No! So that's
0: the problem. So my problem, and this is my problem. I'm not blaming anybody else. (laughs) But going back to Celeste Farewell, I know that it starts at the top of that difficulty scale. And I don't know if I have the patience right now in my life to jump in and just do that.
1: I would... I would take a gamble to say at least start it and see if what you say is true mm-hmm. because I'm of the belief and this comes from years of music and Bimani Wait, games. Wait, you believe in me?
0: Me, I guess. I don't know about that. <laughs> that's, not me, that's not making me feel real
1: good.
0: I don't know if I'm part of this gang anymore. Hey,
1: JFDI! <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, nah, at least for like music game and stuff, what I've come to learn, especially because of music games, is that the skills never go away. When they're there, they're there. Sometimes it just takes that dip in the pool mm-hmm. to shock them back into you. Like, I played popping for years, yeah. got up to like the high levels, like 38s and junk, which now is like three quarters of the difficulty rent where it used to be beyond that, and hadn't played for like five, six years. Go to the arcade on a whim and try it because they have it now, and boom, I'm right back at it. Mm. And you saw me on a pump. Even though I'm fatter and more sleepy. Oh, I want to go up with you. I was breaking those records like I we, was playing at Dave and Buster's again. At 21. I, I know we're recording, but what are you doing Saturday? I don't even know yet. We might we might be doing that. All right, we'll talk shop. <laughs> that's how I've been
0: thinking about that game. Um, no, that's true because I, I stopped playing DDR for a while, and then I got injured, and I really stopped playing for a while. And I looked on my Facebook page, and I didn't get my pad that I have now which is an arcade pad, mm-hmm. like like not even a year ago. And I went from not playing at all, being like, oh, I can I can do 10s and 11s again. Jumped right back into it, doing 10s and 11s. But like, the, the, but when I left off, I was barely getting into 13s. Mm-hmm. I'm doing 14s now. Hey. Like, yeah, I can just like super endurance marathon. Like I can just knock it out. Koku um,
1: Carlito said flat out, it's kind of similar to fighting games, man. Yeah. You just have
0: to shake off that rust. I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, the reason I stopped playing Celeste was because I was just, I stopped enjoying it. And so I'm afraid that I'm going to go back to this and not enjoy it.
2: Also,
1: worth noting, just, I haven't even gotten that far in Celeste, but I'm going to speculate this. Farewell is an epilogue chapter. I'm going to wager that they designed, they did not design it to have peak difficulty or even B side level difficulty. It's probably going to be, it's really meant to be brutal. Yes. Yes, that's. How far? Sc- how does it hit on the difficulty scale? I've seen
0: though. screenshots. It looks like some of the later B sides. At the beginning, still try. I think I will because you know what? Easy mode. That's right. They have. They added an, an assist mode. Assist mode. And I, I, forgot about that until now. So I think I'm going to do that. Um, okay, we have another question. Did I, no, yeah, new question. Forty two. New question. Uh, new question. we'll do. We'll do. We'll do a, we'll do a, a, a silly one. Um, now that Pernell shaved his goatee, which is growing back nicely, um,
1: <laughs> sh- I might keep. This is from it this is from
0: Mike Mike Levi's. Now that Pernell has shaved his goatee, how is he dealing with the loss of his superpowers? This is Mike Levi's from the XVGM Radio Podcast. Leave me! I don't know <laughs> it's Justin Levi. It's Justin Timberlake. Stop it, and Mike Levi's. <laughs> so, um, so. How, how did you deal with the loss of your superpowers? Which I disagree with, Mike. I think you gained superpowers when you shaved.
1: I don't know. I think it's more of like uh, in, it's like an inverted power. You like it's not so much that I lose a power, it's that it changes to a different one, and when the hair Ooh. grows back, I get a new power.
0: You know what you lost when you shaved? Warmth. Five years. You lose five years when you shave.
1: You tell look, that to all the single ladies. You look so much younger. Tell <laughs> that to him. you. Do tell it to him. Be like, yo, I have this friend. He misses his hair. Like,
0: when I when I grow facial hair, I look younger, but then when I shave it, I look older. You're the opposite. When you grow it, I feel like you look older, then you shave it, and you look younger.
1: And the weird thing about it is that my, like, I went to that, I went to, a throw this out there. Uh, I guess last weekend, I went to a wedding in Chicago, right? Saw a bunch of friends I haven't seen, in some cases, two or even more years. It's been ages. A lot of those friends happen to all have beards now. Lustrous beards. Super beards. Super 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 beards i and i am there with my bald face hey guys how's it going you like my baldness here oh, and they're all like what happened to your beard Pernell?" you left out oh i was so left out i know and we were all talking in the best like,
0: way you stick out from the crowd
1: now i wanted that hair <laughs> i wanted theirs my old beard was all gray and like <laughs> like it's wisdom hair yes yeah. But it wasn't lustrous, it was just the power of wisdom. It was like that third Triforce piece on my beard. <laughs> and uh at not having that and watching these guys with their locks talking about how they bore brush it and they put gels and creams in it to manage it and make it feel so That's, good. Dude, and I'm sitting here like I just grow scraggle. Grooming's important. I've i did grew you learn too! But the but the problem is i I've always had low hair. I
0: know, yeah.
1: Always. So it it translates to the beard, Mm -hmm. so it's like I got these little curly cues that grow out, and it's like, it's there, but it's not thick and full. Mm -hmm. And they're like, just got a board brush, man. I'm like, really? I can't beat this as a submission. This is just kind of there. It's just kind of hanging out on my face. And I like it because I like having that thing where you can kind of take your face while you're thinking and go, "Mm hmm. I'm still
0: thinking about that Triforce uh, analogy. And you can't you can't say that without, like, shaving that somewhere on your face. <laughs> the Triforce of Wisdom in my beard. Actually, no. Have you ever seen, like, the triangle goatee where it's, like, it starts at, like, the bottom of your lip? Uh, have a good night, out. Pop. Um, I think Bucarlito, he oh, had to step out for the night. Oh, well, good night. Um, I feel like that's the grossest of all the goatees. The one that goes into your mouth and you can chew it? No, it's like a triangle. Oh, that bit that goes under your lip. Yeah, I think that's a... I that one's an unfortunate one. I think like if you have that goatee... <laughs> I'm so judgy. I feel mean, like if you have that goatee, you have to be like the front man for like I uh, I don't know.
1: They like, might be, Rob. You don't ch-
0: know. Cherry Poppin' Daddies.
1: First of all... Squirrel, squirrel Nut Zippers. They would not... Neither of those bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neither like, of those bands. Like the, I'm thinking more of a metal band before I think the Squirrel Nut zoop Daddies. Like a new metal band. Yeah, no. Yeah. Don't, don't tarnish metal like that. No, it's not new. These would be legit. Give me some to break. <laughs> this will be some mastodon. I'm gonna mess with that. All right, um, mastodon. All right. Um, I just threw that out there. I, that's the only one I know. But well, what is your what's your next track? All right, so I'm gonna follow suit on the Chris isms and Murray. I'm gonna play a track that I also picked from his wonderful selection options that he provided us. This one's from a game that. Wouldn't be on my Switch list since I haven't started yet? It's just sitting on the table. That's a long one. Yeah. We might just, for the sake of the time of the show, maybe run some of it and just start talking into it. Oh, no. I meant I mean, the game is a long one. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> a lengthy game. Yeah. But this track is from the recently released Nintendo Switch game Astral Chain by Platinum. It's for Nintendo Switch, like I mentioned earlier. And it's called Savior. Submitted by a listener, Chris Murray, and there are some vocals involved. Nice. So prepare yourself. Let's dig in. i Yeah, so that was the song Savior from the game Astral Chain released recently on the Nintendo Switch, submitted by listener Chris Murray and composed by Hiroyuki Fujino with lyrics by Maz Kimura and vocals by William Aoyama from Intersection and in Beverly.
0: I think the the group is called Intersection and Beverly, or it's just Intersection and uh, maybe she just wanted to go by Beverly. But that's Be- that's all that was on the um And Beverly. On um the uh, the C D On the official soundtrack
1: yeah but i heard that and i couldn't i could not go and not select that track that to me (sighs) that hit like a sack of hammers i need more of this (laughs) hammers this
0: is like this is the speed that i love i love the synthesizers i I love that that the bass hits all the The, um, right notes oh the kick drums that snare is like this heavy like it's like it's like a gunshot of a snare drum now that snare drum.
1: <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I call the snare drum I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm kind of oh. off, and it's oh, in a way because I know I remember the music in this show wasn't quite like this, but for some reason it still gave me like feelings of like bubblegum crisis. Yes. Yeah. It, I mean, it, it's
0: just the opening theme to to Astral Chain. Yeah. It does have that kind of like, future a, city, future Alien. city aliens anime theme, mm-hmm. like anime show theme.
1: Now, like, the idea behind Astral Chain, which is also a reason why I was interested in trying it out, yeah, I honestly that don't know anything about it. You are basically living in, like, the, t- the, you know, the atypical last bastion for humanity city. And it's a very heavily populated futuristic atmosphere. Mm. And you play as a police officer for the local police force. And not only are you battling the typical crime, fighting crime in a future time, as they say... <laughs> um, But you are also dealing with an alien onslaught that's trying to wipe out the remainder of humanity. Hmm. So in order to make it easier to combat them, science has made it possible to enslave some of these aliens and kind of convert them into something called a legion. So they are sort of like demons on leashes or aliens on leashes. They're like demons we've turned into Roombas? Kind of, yes. Okay. Because the aliens walk alongside you, but you have them by a chain like like a vicious dog and you can like tell them to go fight monsters and they'll go and fight for you oh. or they can like jump chasms then pull you across with the chain and like do all kinds of interesting like tandem attacks and features like you can ride on top of like the more feral four-legged ones stuff like that oh, crazy. and it's an interesting concept cuz you take like the combat that Platinum games is known for crazy combos and the like and then you have this what other buddy games have system, they done I don't know like Bayonetta um Actually, the main one I can think of is generally Bayonetta. Okay. so bad it's like, but the, like, like other, heavily
0: like 3D battle combo. Yeah. Games, right?
1: But like there's other games they've done too like I want to say they did like an, a recent anime game like this that I didn't bother with. They did wonderful 101. Yeah, I want to say they did wonderful 101 too, but it's been a minute. But basically they're they're really good at like doing very combo influence or combo heavy action packed brawler type titles. Hmm. And honestly this Works for me. Though the odd thing about this game is, in addition to the normal tasks that you got to do with fighting and the like, you yeah. also do normal police work, which I'm not sure how I'm going to feel <laughs> about that yet. You know, like, there's like missions where you have to find people's lost cats, and I'm actually I, I, that that's more appealing
0: to me. um Like, it's like yeah, you got these huge monsters and you fight these demons, and you got these demons that you can ride and do this and that. And then I don't know, man, you gotta like. Someone stole someone's car, and you gotta like track them down. He's like, good
1: old-fashioned detective work. You, you, you gotta be that person that's like, you know what? It's gone. You got insurance, right? <laughs> there we go. That's a really important one. Stephen Miller says he also did near Automata. Guess uh, where that is on my. Sh- guess where that is, Stephen Miller? Did you guess on my shelf? On the shelf. <laughs> we need a, some, a
0: something on the shelf meme for, uh, for <laughs> it's now. On the shelf. All right. So we got we got some more um, some more questions here. Uh, Daniel Louton. He asks, "What's the weirdest video game fact you know?"
1: Oh my god, I don't even think I that. That was the one that wanted like, to take some thinking because yeah. I know stuff about games, but it's like the the theory I mentioned earlier about the filing cabinet. Mm-hmm. It usually has to get jiggered, like it has to be like, "Oh, that game!" And it, yeah, it just file comes up. out. Um, I, I know
0: some like weird, like old facts about DDR. So uh, DDR third mix, there was a track called Cutie Chaser. I used and, to love that track, and I'm pretty sure that's still the only. Um, song in DDR that has a 3 4 time signature. Everything else is 4 4.
1: I know that Pump It Up came before DDR. That's not really a crazy fact, but tell somebody that in an arcade and they'll throw a glass at you. Yeah. Um, also, that weird old fact that no one talks about because why would you is that Dana Plato from <laughs> Different Strokes' final game and only game was Night Trap um, for the Sega CD. Um, um, I mean,
0: oh, it's Jaleel White was the voice of Sonic. I didn't know. I didn't know that. That's new. That was news to me.
1: Also, that his love for chili dogs came from that cartoon and then it got brought into the games. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It came from the cartoon into the games? Yes. Oh, he cool. loved It's The whole chili dog thing started because of the
0: cartoons. Mm-hmm. All right. And then finally, he asks, um, he says, or, but I'm going yeah, to say both is breakfast cereal a soup?
1: Yes, yes.
0: It's a breakfast soup. Of course, it is.
1: Honestly, <laughs> there are more things that are actual soups than people want to accept and yeah, admit. I think
0: a cereal, breakfast cereal, is more soup than most soups.
1: Yeah, well, because think about what <laughs> is what constitutes a soup. Yeah. It is a bowl with liquid, and there are some crap floating in it. Sometimes. Well, okay, is ramen a soup? Yes. Okay, is pho a soup? Yes.
0: Gotcha. <laughs> We can do this all day. When does soup stop becoming a soup and just becomes hot tea?
1: Tea could be a soup. Tea can be a if soup. If you take soup, if you take tea, pour it into a bowl, <laughs> and slap some leaves in it that you can eat, it's a soup. Slap <laughs>
0: Brunelvon,
1: slap some leaves into it. Yeah. It's, a,
0: it's a soup. Um, all right, so my last track comes from Wicked Sephiroth. Uh, and this was, I think it was from... Last week, or I'm sorry, last month that we didn't get a chance to play it. Um, this is from the game Final Fantasy XIV: Shadowbringers for the PlayStation 4 and PC. This track is called Raktika Greatwood Theme One for Civilizations.
1: But oh, before we move into the track, I gotta mention this because I, I just did all of that. Too
0: bad. I laid down the groundwork. Too yeah. bad. Anyway, we have another
1: question from the uh, from the
0: Peanut Gallery.
1: Not so much. Uh... <laughs> question but listener Mike Myers says that Super Mario Brothers the Super Mario Brothers Super Show was loosely based on Mario Brothers 2 and I don't know I I feel weird about that cuz like Mario Brothers Super Show I feel like with that one well one I think Pilar was surprised by that but also I feel like Mario Super Show was just a crazy amalgamation because they wanted to do this cartoon for Mario but they had no like theme for it because the mushroom kingdom back then was just a place like there was no def, there was nothing that defined what the mushroom kingdom yeah. was it was just well, these weird trees and a castle and some platforms so well,
0: Mario 2 was the ending of Mario 2, Mario 2 was it was all a dream right yeah well but Mario the,
1: 2 was just doki doki panic yeah, so but, that wasn't that right. in itself but wasn't
0: it, but it ends and Mario's just dreaming of the whole thing yeah so that
1: means that
0: the None Super of it Mario. was real. Super show was a nightmare.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that was no nightmare. They went to Pasta Land, baby. Pasta land. And Rap Land. But uh, <laughs> Rap Land's my favorite land. But that was, I think the fact that the 90s it, Rap Land. Like everything. It was the 80s? The thing that made it interesting was that since there was no Mushroom Kingdom, and since I'm not sure why they didn't really drop, you know, happen to hold down hard for Dreamland, mm. or sub what was it? Sub something. Subcom. Um, What they ended up doing was they took all the assets from Mario 2 and all the assets from Mario 1 and just threw them into this world where the Mario brothers just kind of went wherever the heck they wanted to go. Like, the first episode, they were in, like, an icy area that had no designation. And then they were in, like, the very next episode, they were, like, in the Wild West for some reason. And there were, like, characters from the desert land of Mario 2. And as the show went on, it got weirder and weirder and weirder. Again, they went to Pasta Land. They went to Greece. They went to Rap Land, where everything was spoken in rap. If you want to know more
0: about Purnell's thoughts on... They went to Brooklyn. Super Mario Brothers Super Show. The Everything is Awesome podcast festival in Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, dear God. He went off for like 15 minutes. For good reason. That was my wheelhouse. People were like, oh, my God. This guy knows too much about this. He's right. It was weird <laughs>
1: yeah. but like, it I'm, was, just, I'm
0: being mean there
1: but but like, but it's true Like they yeah. took they took all the characters like Mike said they took all the characters and stuff from Mario mm-hmm. 2 and they used them to yeah. construct the animated sections characters well, and I, stuff I like
0: they, they took what was pop culture for not, it wasn't really fully pop culture but they took what the what kids the, the, the kids who were playing the video games what they knew to be Mario Brothers and said let's take all of that because if we leave anything out you know, like they're going to be like, well, what about this or what about that? Like it just felt like they this they they had free reign to put it all in because they weren't confined into one thing. Yeah, because and- in a cartoon about this thing about a franchise, sequels didn't matter to them. Of course, now later on realizing that they were so different because it was originally a different game. I mean, that makes sense now.
1: Yeah, but it was just, I mean, I look back on it. Like, I was watching, like Chris Peterson mentioned, he recently watched the rap episode again. Oh, yeah. Like, I have been watching. We're going to watch that
2: before the, all the uh, before old,
1: the All the old, like, Mario cartoons, yeah. just, and they still click for me. I don't understand. I think it's nostalgia more than anything, because I'm going to be blunt. The show itself. It's, like, in your brain somehow. It, it's, like, it's, like, wedged in between. Yeah, like, 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 there are parts where they would play pop culture songs mm. during segments of the show. And I remember a stupid number of songs before they start. Like, I knew the episode where they played Great Balls of Fire when they were chased by flames from a volcano. And I knew they played Billy Joel, whatever, Billy Joel's White Wedding at um, the episode where he, brought, he convinced the princess to marry him or he was going to turn Billy off her, Idol. Billy Idol. There we go. Play, that, uh, one of those Joel. friggin' Billy's. Yeah, piano man, you know. Yeah, he, he, he ate piano keys. Um. <laughs> But yeah, that was a whole storyline there. So they played, you know, white wedding there, and like it was just these weird references. Like I still remember that. I still remember that. And there was like songs I only heard on that show that I liked that I've never heard on the radio outside really? of that show. Like there was this, like. Uh, I'll have to look it up later because mm. I don't want to even like try to sing the lyrics to it Trying.
0: dumb. Try, do you know what it was or you just, it was just something that you remembered hearing?
1: No, I just know the song had lyrics where it was like, I hear you knocking, but you can't come in. Yeah. Do, 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 do. That song. I only knew it from the Mario Brothers. I don't know who wrote it. I don't know what it's called. doesn't matter. I just know it's a great <laughs> song. But would well, I have what, liked it if I didn't hear it in the context of that show?
0: I don't freaking know. Well, guess what my next song is, Pernell.
1: Is it that song? <laughs>
0: it's uh, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's uh, Billy Joel from the game Final Fantasy Fourteen Shadowbringers. No.
1: I am so glad he mentioned Mario Super Show because that was, I, I, I could talk all day about that darn show. I'm sure the listeners was like, I hate you
2: for that.
0: <laughs> all right. So here we are From Wicked Sephiroth, this is the Ractika Greatwood Theme 1 Civilizations, um, which I believe, based on the comments on the YouTube page, um, this is the music that plays when you get a mount. What's a m- mount?
1: Let's find out when we come back. Cause That's, I don't know what you're talking about, man. It's
0: a. I think it's like you get a uh, a thing you ride.
1: That be called a mount.
0: Yeah, it's called a mount. Um, <laughs> from Shadowbringers, Final Fantasy XIV for the PlayStation Four and the PC. This one is composed by Masayoshi Soken. Fly. listen to Raktika Greatwood Theme 1 Civilizations from Final Fantasy XIV Shadowbringers for the PlayStation 4 and the PC composed by Masayoshi Soken and this was chosen by Wicked Sephiroth he says this one is indescribable dat bass and drums with the eclectic instruments from flute to accordion to bagpipes my brother said it reminded him of Witcher 3 I don't know Witcher three. You know where it is on my house. I (laughs) gotta start it. A stack next to your TV. Um, I I love this. I love the instrumentation. I love the way it sounds. I love the singing. It's very. It really reminds me of Enya. And I really like Enya. It's really cool.
1: Yeah, I do hear Inyo like, here. But that beginning, I still was like, la-da-da-hee. <laughs> I know. <yeah. laughs> oh, I got to mention this before I forget. Okay,
0: so this was another um, another weird video game fact that you have, right?
1: Yeah, because I think it's close enough that it counts. Okay. So just first inquiry. So we were earlier talking about Captain N and Mario Super Show and all that. So as you know, Captain N was known as the Game Master. Right. He's good at every video game. He's a monster at it. Except for one. Captain N had a weakness. Oh, I know that one. What I, is it? It was not
0: um, Bayou Billy. It was Bayou Billy. But in the show, it wasn't Bayou Billy they were showing on the TV. It was like some weird like handheld. No, it looked like it looked like a light bright. <laughs> 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 Like they, like for whatever reason, like they could talk. Like I, I never, even when I was a kid, I couldn't figure it out. They could talk about Bayou Billy.
1: But they couldn't show the footage on the screen. But they couldn't show the
0: footage on the screen. And then when I, was, when I was a kid, I was
1: like, I've never played Bayou
0: Billy. But I know that's not Bayou Billy.
1: So now I'm going to have to go back and double check. So I thought they did show the footage from the game, but it was very brief. because It was him playing it at home, and they were spying on him at home. I was like, whoa, so his weakness is Bayou Billy. Yeah, we got him because Mother Brain has some Harlem in her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hippo, eggplant wizard. <laughs> Still love oh, that. They one. Had some
0: crazy voices.
1: I loved all their voices in that shit.
0: All right, this this uh, here's another question. This one comes from Jesse Moore. If you could swap soundtracks between two games, which would you swap? What? Yeah.
1: I as the thing that's honestly, I feel like it'd be less of a swap for me because I generally feel like. OSTs belong with their respective games, mm-hmm. but I do feel like I would totally take OSTs from some games and put them into others. Yeah, like I would definitely, definitely, definitely. Like um,
0: the music from Rystar, you I put would, it in everything. I would just put it in everything. <laughs> you put it in everything. <laughs> Not true, though, because I feel like in a, um, a lot of games that I, that I love personally, it's because the music is intentional mm-hmm. um, with the gameplay and with, with the game itself.
1: Like yes. Yeah. Whether with the story or with the artwork, everything just gels. Um, that's how I feel. Well, I will say this, something I've come to realize recently. So I use, I've come to take for granted that feeling of music belongs in the game. And it feels that way. I reviewed a game recently called Zenith. It's like some random action RPG or whatever. And for what I came to realize after doing the review was that they commissioned out to a composer and they bought some music that he just commit, he just makes this general oh, this just... is this is going to be a battle theme and this is going to be a boss theme <laughs> okay, and he just composed a bunch of music but his work is funny when i reviewed the game before i learned this i was like the music doesn't sound like it quite belongs like i could tell that the music wasn't written for the game i was like there's something weird about this like i feel like i'm hearing music in the town but it's not this town's music it's just some town music so <laughs> It was interesting to have come across them, like, wait a minute. That explains it. They just bought music off of some guy's pad of licenses. Um, but I do feel like games like, say, for example, Mario Strikers. Mario Strikers has a great OST, but you never hear music in the actual game itself. You only hear it during, like, intermissions and, like, during the menu screen, like a typical sports game. I would totally take music from, like, um, River City Ransom, of all things, and slap it in
0: there. That is a great, that is a great,
1: great take on this.
0: So many sports games don't have any music playing during gameplay. I would take so much other stuff. I would take the music from like Road Rash mm-hmm. and put it into any of those EA sports games that didn't have any music playing.
1: Yeah. Actually, I would totally take some Road Rash music and throw it into a Madden football game. Yeah. And so... I would be very happy with that I would it.
0: take the music of Road Rash for the Sega Genesis and put it in, in, into Madden 2000 whatever it's on right now. 1920.
1: <laughs> 1920. Phantom Jess goes. I need I to make a shirt I... that says "It's on the shelf." It's on the shelf. <laughs> it's just a that would be awesome. It's just like a picture of me like reaching out the shelf, to, like pick up some random game <laughs> off of the mountain of games that are just waiting to be used. All
0: right,
1: what's your final track? All right, so let's see. Finalito. to This track is from what I consider to be a rather legendary game, and I was glad to see it pop up on the listing of options. This was submitted by a listener the Dude. Comes from the game Sweet Coden and is called Beautiful Golden City. And I'll get the composer in a minute <laughs> because I'm really lazy. Welcome back. You're listening to "Beautiful Golden City" from the game Sweet Cotton for the Sony PlayStation, composed by Miki Higashino, and submitted by listener The Dude. And the Dude has some words for this track, which I am going to read now in a dramatic voice. The beautiful golden city is the theme for the city of Gregminster. Sweet Cotton is my favorite franchise in all the games, and Sweet Cotton 2 is my favorite game ever made. This sound holds so much weight behind it, from the story beats of the game. And every time I hear this song, I'm whisked away to the 12-year-old boy, playing this game for the first time and falling deeply in love with video. Instant. And that is very good and very true. I can totally get this feeling too, because Sweet Coden, I played it back when it first came out. It came out before Final Fantasy VII, And a lot of people kind of, at the time, considered it just to be like a placeholder game in anticipation of Final Fantasy VII, which is a total disservice to what this game turned out to be. Because this game deserves all the love it can get. It's fan-freaking-tastic. And the entire OST Mm. to this... I still listen to it. I think I've picked multiple tracks from this game throughout the time we've done this show. Yeah, I was I I, I was
0: thinking maybe we had pick, played this song, but I was thinking of a different one. Uh, um, I
1: think I did like a, the fishing town theme on the show yeah, before. It was from so, so, Code. So,
0: something on our decadence episode.
1: I
2: did uh,
0: that
1: one. I know that. <laughs> oh, I did that one. That's the track. You You know know the one. You know what I'm talking about. See, I feel ashamed a little bit now, though, because we read that question earlier about swapping two tracks.
0: Yeah, it's swapping soundtracks between two different games.
1: And here I am like, I I don't know. know." And then we had listeners who come up with some legit ones because they went at it from the right angle. They went with the humor. So I want to read at least two of them that I see in the chat right now. So... Listener Chris Steersen says he would swap the soundtrack from Metroid 2 with the OST from Kirby's Dreamland. I feel like with that swap, Kirby's Dreamland would take the hit, whereas Metroid 2 would get a serious upgrade. Mm-hmm. Not because Metroid 2 had bad music, quite the contrary, the... but it was mostly atmospheric. Yeah. So to hear that in Kirby, would, that would be so weird. Like, I... I can't picture Kirby hopping around doing his happy-go-lucky, consume-everything-like-a-glutton thing (laughs) and hearing the... Well, I can hear the SR388 track, but any of the zones.
0: Well, it it would just be a much darker game, you know? It probably would be. It would just feel like... All uh, of a sudden, the gluttony would make much more morbid sense. And uh, Stephen Miller says, uh, why not swap the music from Dark Souls with Tony Hawk's Pro Skater? Um...
1: That Which would be hysterical. Would be,
0: too. I mean, we're, of course, we're imagining the Tony Hawk Pro Skater music in Dark Souls.
1: That's the better net by far. <laughs> and working? then immediately I jumped with that. And so let's go a little bit further with licensed tracks from yeah, games. Yeah. I was like, throw crazy taxi crazy in there. Taxi. Just hear you get up from the bonfire, start a boss fight, and it goes, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it starts just fighting guys. Oh my like,
0: god. Um, yeah, working in an arcade, like. Like way back in the day, like any of these (laughs) Mario's paint music and anything else
1: for Wicked Several. Oh man, Mario paint music and anything else.
0: I was gonna say, any of these games like in the arcade that had license tracks, they would like the music would always be like really loud and you would hear the same song over and over and over and over and over again. And that was Crazy Taxi, definitely one of those games. Um, yeah, I would love to hear Mario paint music and everything else. It's I love uh, uh Soya Oka, I think she makes some of the best Super Nintendo soundtracks. All right, so we're going to turn this track down, and we're going to get into the part of the show that Purnell and I call the bonus round.
1: The bonus round. bonus ra- <sighs> round.
0: Well, let's swap it with the other game.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: The bonus round.
0: bonus <laughs> round.
1: Day Uh, after day, you listen to (laughs) songs. Get in your car and drive like a loon.
0: (laughs) Uh, It's a bonus round is the part of the show where we play covers and remixes on our theme. And our theme is our listeners. So uh, the bonus track that I picked for today comes from Christopher Shenstrom. Thank you, Christopher Shenstrom. This is uh, from Donkey Kong Country 2. And the track is called Jib Jig but it is from a video games live compilation called Donkey Kong Country Piano and Player Two, Mm -mm. which is really cool. It's got, um, it's, it's a bunch of uh, uh, piano and violin and guitar and uh, horn section arrangements of Donkey Kong Country and Donkey Kong Country two soundtracks. Um, And so David Wise, obviously the composer, and this is arranged by Trevor Allen Gomez And also uh, performed on piano by Trevor Alan Gomez and violin by Philip Glenn. This was Jib Jig from Donkey Kong Country Piano and Player Two from Video Games Live, composed by David Wise and then arranged by Trevor Allen Gomez and performed by Trevor Allen Gomez on piano and Philip Glenn on violin. It's amazing, amazing arrangement. Um, yeah, so the the whole album of of these arrangements are just really Really well produced, really well produced, really well arranged too. So we'll have links to that on the website and on the podcast notes. This
1: was a gem of a choice, man.
0: Now Purnell, I know that you don't actually have a
1: bonus round. I asked, track. I actually screwed my order up because my quote-unquote bonus round. Like his statement was correct. I don't have a bonus round track per right. se, but it was originally gonna be the Astral Chain track because I felt like it would have fit the mold more. Mm-hmm. But I totally was so anxious to hear it, I just threw it in front. <laughs> oh, I didn't
0: realize this is what you were going to do.
1: So instead, I have a track that I was going to pick earlier in the show, but I'll just play it in the bonus round because it's still a it's it's, still a banger. Yeah, I mean, I'm
0: excited to to put it on.
1: So this track comes from the game A Hat in Time. And if I recall correctly, because I'm old and thirsty, <laughs> this was submitted by listener Christina, I want to say it was. Um, I knew it when I suggested, it, but it's not on the list right now. I'm going to say Chris Steenerson. So the track title is called Peace and Tranquility, and it was composed by Pascal Michael Stifle.
0: Yes, Pascal Michael Stifel. And this is from the, the DLC of Hat in Time, right?
1: I don't think it was, yeah, but I could ev- be wrong.
0: Everything I saw was for, it's called Seal the Deal.
1: Yeah, that's definitely the DLC. Yeah. So. There we go. listening to a sweet track from the game a hat in time the actual title of the track is peace and tranquility and i gotta remember who it was composed by because i changed
0: windows oh um i got you my friend thank you sir pascal michael stifle
1: thank you coinley and i have to apologize because i schmuggled leading into this track it was actually submitted by a different chris we have so many Chris's. It's awesome, but sometimes confusing. This track was actually submitted by listener Christopher Shinstry, Ah, and I am going to drink hot sauce, <laughs> an apology. I think it's fine. I, get I, don't think, I don't think you need to hot do it. Hot sauce. That. You'll do it anyway. Hot sauce. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> but he had a th- – he, he, it was a short thing, but he said – Oh, good. He said, I still haven't played this game. It's on my to-do list, Pernell. Don't worry. But I did listen to the soundtrack while working, and it is really good. Even some remixes are a really good take on the songs used as well. So nice, short blurb. What a fantastic blurb. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Delicious. Delicious. Hot sauce. Uh, you got to stay away from the hot sauce. I had to drink it. <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm going to go. I, I don't know how hard I'm going to go on this because there's some scary mess out here. Uh. Speaking of hot stuff, you know they brought back those horrible hot chips, right? The one chip challenge. Did they? Yeah, I might have to do it. There was like one chip in a thing. Yeah, so for those who don't know, the Hot Chip Challenge is a tortilla chip coated in Carolina Reaper dust, sealed in a bag, sealed in a paper coffin. You buy one chip at a time. And at one point, the ones from the previous year was selling for like 60 bucks on eBay to buy a single chip, and they are really, really hot. There's actually a video about me. There's a video of me on YouTube eating one with a friend and MagFest. Yeah, it looks
0: so painful. It was, it was interesting, to oh, say the least. God. We'll have links to that. We'll have links to more things on our website, uh, rhythmandpixels.com. We'll also have links to all of the bonus round um, artists where you can download the music, buy the music, and support the artists. Thanks for joining us on episode 20-2 of Rhythm and Pixels, our live-streamed, recorded episode for all of our Patreon members. We had a great time tonight.
1: We really did. I'm still reeling about uh, our discussion about Corpse Party, though. Oh, God. These
0: episodes run about 90 minutes, but like when we do these things, like we end up just chatting with you guys, we just chat with each other, we, do a, we do a lot more.
1: It genuinely, I mean, the listeners can make their own distinctions on if they feel like this if This is just me talking out of my rooty tootie, but um, <laughs> it honestly feels like we're just kind of hanging out with buddies in this chat. It really system. is, yeah. It's a nice, it's a nice collective, it's not like a massive chat <laughs> room, we're not going to sit here and be like, there's like 90 people in this chat. There aren't, it's actually single digits of the people who are, we have a lot of listeners, but not too many people come into the chat, right. but the ones, when they do come into chat, it feels like a nice group of friends hanging out, just having a full cool conversation and being stupid. Yeah. We, and that's what I'm
0: all about. We really do appreciate that. And if you'd like to um, say hello to us in other ways, and you're not a Patreon member, you can always send us an email.
1: Okay. com.
0: And if you want to know more about our show and uh, full track listing from all of our episodes, and access to all of our episodes because our podcast feed only goes back to like World 5 because it can only do so much. But if you want to see everything, go to the website, rhythmandpixels.com Check us out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. It's Rhythm and Pixels, all one word, usually. Um, And on. go on Facebook. There is a group called Rhythm and Pixels Chat. And there we are, just hang out. And we do just that. Just be goofy. You be goofy. You can also check out the VGM Podcast Fans um, chat group on Facebook as well. That's put together by Alex the Messenger Messenger. And that's a good place to get to know some other people, other people in this little community of ours, people just really interested in music. You can also go to youtube.com slash Rhythm and Pixels. There we have all of our episodes get uploaded there except for the last one because I was traveling, but I'll get it up. And um, so all of our Podcast episodes are there. Um, little silly snippets from our
1: live programs I put in there as well. I got to say, yep. I I you the like one the you one? put up <laughs> with the, the freaking fake swear words, there's something to be said about when you can watch yourself yeah. from the past and laugh at it. <laughs> it's pretty good. And I laugh hard at that clip every time I watch it. it. It's amazing. Yeah,
0: I was thinking, like, what are some things that I remember happening? I was like, yeah, I remember that happening. Um, that was pretty good. Uh, so yeah, check that out. Also, we have a twenty four seven uh twenty yeah twenty four seven live uh, stream. It, it's a radio station on YouTube that people you know, people do those types of things. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: I think we kind of made. Well, it well we
0: do it too, and it's all eight bit and sixteen bit music. A lot of classics, a lot of deep cuts. And um, go check that out and hit the subscribe button because that helps us out. Because we're close to a thousand subscribers, and that would be a really cool milestone to hit.
1: Yes, it would. Really, honestly,
0: we're close to a hundred thousand downloads, and that of the show that blew my well, mind. We'll probably pass that because I didn't I didn't start the, the statistics so much much later.
1: Hundred thousand freaking yeah. downloads so out of just flat out if you're listening to this show yeah thank you so yeah. much for that if you're
0: listening then you've downloaded it, and we appreciate that yes i mean like we don't get extra money or anything it just, it's it's just feels <laughs> good
1: to know that people like hearing the show
0: it's like experience points you know once once we reach that number i i learned cure two pronoun gets fire four
1: yes that's not. Is there even a fire for? There is. Yeah. I mean, no. 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 In the old game, I mean, did, you know, they changed all the names like Firaga and Oh, fire yeah, and Far, Faraga, dine. Firaga. I love how I just merged two a... games, magic spells. But <laughs> I digress. Well, oh, before we go to the the next readoff, yes. you were out of the room during this the wrap up of this discussion. Yes, yeah. So, the group agreed that they liked Nick Walker's that Nick Walker suggestion for the Patreon episode. Oh. So the next episode is going to be themed. We just got to come up with what the theme oh, will okay. be and give them like three weeks notice to so we'll have so like a,
0: choose. Okay, great. So we'll do a theme, but not for us.
1: Yeah, it'll be for their patri- for the Patreon submissions. Easy. Doorknobs. No, that's ours. <laughs> so we got to do the doorknob
0: episode. Um, all right. Well, moving on. If you would like to support the show, just tell your friends. Tell people about it. That is super helpful. You can also support us at patreon.com slash pixels and when you help us out there you get access to these live streamed uh episodes it's really just us recording sitting down hanging out and recording the episode it all happens in real time like the music and just us chatting it's just there's really no like breaks and things it's just it's breakneck speed is what it is
1: well we drop some
0: mad beats sometimes. yeah we, we do a lot of dancing you see us dance a lot probably beatbox i will beatbox oh i will beatbox so you can check us out there, <laughs> um, and um, we would like to thank you all at the end of every episode. So I want to thank a new Patreon member, Phantom Jest, who's also in the chat with us. So thank you very much. Thank you and welcome aboard. Um, thank that Nick Walker, Mike Myers, Steve Miller, the Autistic Gamer eighty nine, Cameron Worma, Christopher Shenstrom, Bobby Arson from One Up Funk. Check them out at One Up Funk on Instagram. Wicked Sephiroth. Okay Impala. Carlito from the Heroes 3 podcast Michael Bridgewater from the Forever Sound Version podcast, Brian Pitt Chris Murray <laughs> uh, uh, Davey Cakes, That Dude Is it just That Dude or just The Dude? The Dude The Dude, dude Reno The Dude, uh, Martina genius <laughs> I keep saying it different ways every week um, The Last Weekend Jupiter Jazz, Solus Sanctuary Damien Beckles Joe Vassalo, Chris Steinerson, Alex, the messenger, messenger, patron saint of all VGM podcasts, and David Smith. Uh, uh, um, Ed Wilson started doing that at the end of his show. Are you calling <laughs> him the patron saint of VGM podcasts? Because uh, he truly is. He is. He's. He's. He is. Um, he's spreading the word and he's doing good things. And he died for us, he, Alex. And then he
2: rose, <laughs> and, and he, he brought a
0: chat group with him. And he rose again, and he loves hockey. Um, So, yeah, thanks. Thank you all so much. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Alex has been with us for a long time. Alex and David David Smith have been with us for a very long time. So um, I think he was our first patron. Um, We we really appreciate that. Um, So that's what we've got. I think think we have a guest next week. We do, unless it falls through. Unless it falls through, like things sometimes do.
1: (laughs) I, I know who it is if you want me to name it.
0: Um, yeah, I probably don't have the name, but it's always nice.
1: So, fun. well, let's just say it when it comes up, just in case. Let's just say it next week. Oh, will say it
0: next week. All right, so we have a guest next week. We have a guest the week after that. Surprisingly
1: and unexpected the week after guest, that. too, believe it or not. Yeah. It'll be a weird one, but I think it'll work. Yeah,
0: it's, it's been great. People reaching back out to us and other, other composers and artists reaching out to us. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited about that. It's nice to have some more guests back on the show. Kind of gets like um, the excitement back on, back on things. You know? And
1: I gotta say, it also just lets us flex. You know, conversation Oddly enough, and I was talking to Rob about this. I've been having this weird feeling where, like, you ever feel like you know what the English language consists of, and you can speak words yes. fluently, but you feel as though your skill at applying those words to conversation is starting to wean off or lack
0: i i uh i have some stories i'll tell later but i was i was working those muscles out really hard this these past few days it's like it was really it was really embarrassing Like,
1: do you like this s- stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, <you laughs> i like it. stuff I but i tell you and as
0: you get older it just gets harder because you make less time for it yes um, for sure but that's all right but but hey we get to have chats with all these wonderful people and then in November again is our fourth podcast anniversary and our two hundredth episode. If you ha- if you can think of any ways to celebrate with us or for us to celebrate doing it, like just let us know. Maybe if it's um,
1: something like a game live stream or something. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about like a 24 hour stream. I don't even want. I don't want to do that. That sounds miserable. Um, what, maybe
1: a game live stream. Maybe, no, a 24 hour stream. Oh God, no. Maybe that's like, that's for charity. Maybe like charity four hours. alone.
0: Maybe, like, we'll get dinner and we'll hang out and play, like, some games.
1: I'll never forget. That was still the best part about that live stream. I was, because I was, like, four in the morning or something. And what was it? um was it? Henrik Anderson is from overseas, and he was just waking up to go. Now, he was, that was in the middle of the afternoon for him. Yeah. He and his girl were about to go run errands. He just pops on the chat, and I'm playing World of Final Fantasy, like head tipped over, (laughs) barely awake, and he's like, are you okay, man? I was like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. I need
2: food.
0: We'll we'll do something similar in the future. Although um, we should say that in November, and we'll have links on the website, and I've linked it on Facebook and Twitter everywhere else, Michael Bridgewater is doing another um, charity live stream.
1: And that thing is
0: glorious because he shoots some rubbish titles. Yeah, it's not just 24 hours of games. It's 24 hours of the strangest, strangest games for the PC, for the Commodore 64, for the Atari. Like, he's got some weird stuff that he's found. So, And, that's and he a, suffers for the charity. And it's really it's really entertaining. And it's for a great cause. So we'll have links to that. But um, that's it. So this has been episode 20-2 of Rhythm and Pixels. My name is Rob Nichols. And I'm Purnell. Have a great night.
1: And remember... Talking to people online is great. Making friends is great online. But strangers are still strangers. Even though the internet has brought us in touch with so many people, Mm. never forget what you were taught when you were young. Be mindful of strangers, because people get stupid on the internet. And when they do, back the heck away. Cause it ain't worth it. Mm. Jerks ain't worth it. But by that same token, Uh when you stumble across wonderful people, worth your energy and time it's not a bad thing to just to kind of pass it along to them because it never hurts to make a new friend it never you never know you might be the friend that person needs or vice versa even so always be your best person online mm-hmm. don't let schmugs get you down and don't give Shmugs. them that energy that they don't deserve because they sure as heck ain't worth it. cupcakes are delicious but they're so high in calories be mindful of them danger be they beat some of them, but not all of them.